Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But before we begin, are there any questions? Do you validate parking? <laughs> no, we do not. $17 an hour and you don't validate. It's standard policy. Then it should have been clearly stated as such beforehand so that I may have found street parking, or more likely, given the failure of this organization to in any way convenience me, not come at all. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. You just fear me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And this is the Fear Me Podcast, episode 79. Again, without Scott. Yeah. Scott will be back next week. He will be back. Has he promised to come back next week? Well, he hasn't promised, but we will make him. His vacation is over. So he has no excuse, and therefore he better be back next week, or people are going to be coming down on Scott. Yeah. Although he he did... um, have um, show some photos and stuff from his vacation, which obviously he's been drinking a lot of beer. Uh, oh, right. He yeah. posted on our Facebook page. That was a whole slew of beer. Yeah. I'm surprised. But hopefully not over one night. I think it was like over a week. I have no idea. I hope. He'll clear that up, I hope. I but he no also idea. said he brought some back for us, too. Yes, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can't wait for you to get back, Scott. Yes. And the Dark Tower premieres tomorrow, so I'm hoping by the time Scott gets back next week mm-hmm. that we will have seen that movie and we can discuss it. Oh, okay. Are we going to do a separate podcast about that, or are we just going to discuss it during one of our normal podcasts? I think, think we'll discuss it during one of our okay. normal podcasts. In the meantime, what are you drinking tonight? Swill? Yes. <laughs> Need I say more? <laughs> <laughs> the old standby yes, PBR? Yes, my Pabst Blue Ribbon. God, you are no fun, I swear to God. I know, sorry. All right, well, I am drinking Dale's Pale Ale from Oscar Blues Brewery in Brevard, North Carolina. Have you noticed a trend? Almost everything is from Brevard now. Well, there's a couple of breweries. I know Dale's, um, they were actually building like a whole new development up there in Brevard uh, for around the brewery itself so well it's pretty good dale or uh, dale's brevard used to be nothing it used to be like a restaurant and then like some, a couple retail stores and now i think it's actually a pretty happening place because yeah, asheville hip. asheville is getting way too packed and expensive yes so, so people are moving out yeah brevard's um, a hard little place to get to but it's a fun fun town but the beer's good it's got a bite at the end on the back side of it that i don't like too much but i'll drink it Really? I like it. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it's it's good, but it's not great. Oh, you don't have to argue, man. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Okay, so we have some exciting news for our podcast that we wanted to share with all of you guys. And that, and hopefully you guys think it's as exciting as we think it is. But um, <laughs> you probably won't. <laughs> but we have recently joined the Blog Talk Radio family. And we wanted to just tell you a little bit about what that's going to mean for our podcast. And basically it means we're going to have some ads. We've never done ads before, but um, we will have at least one ad per episode. For our longer episodes, we might have two. Hopefully it won't be too much of an intrusion into what you're hearing. And if it is, just let us know because I'm actually very curious as to what you guys think about having ads on podcasts. Um, But it also means that we... um, get paid a little bit for what we're doing because we put a lot of time into producing these each week and it does cost us money on our end and so we will get paid just a little bit to recoup some of our costs. 
here's what I want you guys to do. Um, I want you to tell us, first of all, what you think about having the ads on the podcast, if you think it's too intrusive or um, if it's okay. Um, Also, I want to know if you have any problems downloading the podcast or finding the feed anywhere. You should be able to find us in all of the same places that we were in before, including Facebook. Um, We'll be loading the feed to Facebook and to Twitter each week still, like we've always been doing. Um, But you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher and all those usual places. So just let us know if you have any issues whatsoever so that we can fix those on our end. And if you're you're actually having any major issues, you're probably not even hearing this announcement. This is true. No, we hope we hope there isn't really an, any interruption um, for for anybody that's been listening to us loyally. Um, you know, that's that's definitely not what we want to try and create. Yeah. So let's get into what we came here for. What's that? We are going to recrap. Recrap. <laughs> recrap. <laughs> we are going to recap the preacher episode, season two, episode seven, pig. Pig. Mm-hmm. It's an obvious title. It is. Yeah. But the pig bothers me. Why does the pig bother you? First of all, I thought it was a good episode. It was very fast. Okay, so the pig itself, not the pig episode, bothers you. No, no, no. The pig itself bothers me. Okay. Uh, like, I want to know why the pig was floating. When pigs fly? I get that. Okay. But explain to me how a pig can float. Well, they did explain it towards the end with a, ridic- a ridiculous explanation. But it's just, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's the ridiculousness of the things that are happening, you know? It's um, th- the statement itself, when pigs fly. You know, it's, the, it's literally that statement, when pigs fly, when the Cubs win. I know, when I know. When Trump is elected. It's like these <laughs> things that are like... What? Impossibilities yes, that happen th- anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Things that are like silly stories that if you believed them, you would have been thought to be stupid. But I understand this. They they are happening. So here we have our friend Air Star, who is part of this division that goes around and squashes these things. These so-called miracles. Yeah, I, I thought the episode was great. I mean, we know that uh, Air Star is... A big player in what this series is going to be. I don't know if we know that because of, you know, the comic books that are out there and and because of, you know, we're talking about it more. But, I mean, there's obviously this buildup of this character before this episode even happens. And here we get this whole backstory to this guy that we don't even know who he is in the beginning at all. Mm -hmm. We know um, through this episode that now he is the next level. He is the guy that takes care of these situations, which I guess what they were trying to say is that his division or what he does is go goes around and squashes these kind of false prophet things that are going that are detracting from God. Is that what it was? Yeah. But generally, they're waiting for the end of the world. Yes. To, I don't know, I guess, get their reward or, or whatnot. I, I'm not quite sure. But Air Star, this is his backstory. That's what this whole episode is about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we got um, very minimal glimpses of him previously in the series with the uh, snuff film viewing. Oh, that was him. Yeah. Okay. Right? Got it. Yeah, from season one. Which makes sense. I mean, the guy's got, like, nipple rings and stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of this crazy mix of German sadomasochist kind of guy that, I mean, it's, it's this, uh, this odd, uh, mysterious stereotype that you always kind of had for like these weird Germans. Yeah. This weird German thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that these guys that were doing experiments and like the Nazis doing an experiment, you know, it all kind of stems from that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, here you have air star. He's now introduced and he's got some Oh, my God. I, I mean, the, the episode was great in just, like, the, the testing of him, you know, through the, the whole... <laughs> what would you call that? A um, uh, Christian... Boot camp? Yes. Christian <laughs> violence boot camp or whatever. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I Scott would probably have... I don't think they meant it to be that violent. He kind of made it violent. He did. He made it a lot more violent, but that's kind of like... in the end. But th- that's what they were trying to pull out of these guys is like, you know, like, do you have that side to you? Mm-hmm. I mean, no one sh- straps your nuts to a car battery and sits you in a chair. 
without some previous thoughts Sadistic. of yes of testing you in some way it's completely opposite of everything that christianity stands for yeah exactly. so it goes against everything you so but think. That, but that's the thing is that um so th- this is a division of who the grail is so when he took over and threw that guy off the side off the balcony off the balcony yeah and he was like oh yes and he finally gets through the whole thing He's he's ahead of that division now, right? I mean, there's right. supposedly more to this. There's to right. this society. So the Grail is the group of men or a group of people who protect God, right? Protect the being that we know as God, mm-hmm. who supposedly is um, guarded by armed men with machine guns. Right? In a secret, top secret location. But when that guy was explaining that, he didn't even sound like he knew where he was. Right? Well, to me, he sounded like he knew where he, he was. He knew. He sounded Which is like why he was, I was... He was saying a story that he believed. He didn't sound like he knew that, okay, God's in a special place with machine guns protecting. Like, he, we know that God has just now released himself to walk the earth. I feel like he knew... It sounded like he knew where God was. Which okay. was why I was... Confused as to why Air Star would go ahead and kill him before finding out more information. Because as soon as Air Star found out that God was a real thing and was being guarded, he got super interested in this new job that he had gotten. And I don't think he, it didn't sound like he even really knew what job he was applying for. Like nobody knew. I don't think they even knew what the organization was, did they? Didn't they explain that at the very beginning of. Their boot camp type thing? Possibly. Well, <laughs> like, okay, so, so I had a lot of questions. I was There's like, so many mysteries to the entire thing that I'm like, I, like, I honestly, I don't think he ever believed in the God thing or even cared about it. No, I agree with you. He, I don't think he could have cared less about God himself. Yeah. Or the entity of God or what God stands for. I think it was just the fact that, oh, you mean God's real? Like, that's like, it was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to find out more. That's true. He did. He had a different reaction when he he did say it that way. Yeah, but I had a lot of questions about this whole group. Like, how did they recruit these guys? How did they recruit Air Star? Or these guys like FBI or CIA or something like that? Or part of like? <laughs> I think they were. To me, they were like Scientology. You know, it was like it was like this weird underground group that had a whole lot of power mm-hmm. somehow had brought them themselves up to, to get a bunch of power, but I don't know. Well, that was my next question is who do the recruits think that they're applying to and fighting for? Like they seemed like Ivy league kind of guys, you know, that, well, I mean, they got, they got probably the same introduction air star did when he first went in there and he, he told them about, you know, who they were, mm-hmm. you know, they were looking for the most secular people. To lead their thing. Airstar was so completely different than the rest of those guys, which I know was something that they were wanting, but, like, I have so many questions about, like, what is their criteria for picking these certain men? I don't know. None of this matters, I know. No. But I just have these ideas, these questions. Um, it's It was just like, okay, here's here's your elite best of the best. They're probably a bunch of intelligent guys. And it's like um, well, uh, men in black. Mm, when they bring true. all those guys in the room. Mm-hmm. That's a good analogy. And they good put them all in those round seats. Mm-hmm. And it's like they just they just sit there and test them and see what they're made of before they tell them actually what's going on. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I don't know where those guys came from. They're probably somewhere picked from CIA, maybe Navy SEAL, maybe um, some guy was a physicist, very intelligent. Who knows? They but, just pick, but Air Star is, yes, he's completely different. But obviously he's seen some sort of action because he's got the eye scars. Possibly. Or it's just because he's such a dick that somebody decided to cut his eye. <laughs> well, it looked like a sword had like hit his eye or, three times, you know? Yeah, been tortured or whatever. I mean, he is, he's, that's the, that is one of the weird things about this show. I'm just going to say that from the start is that it has that kind of weird Dick Tracy mm-hmm. super villain thing going on. I mean, it's more James Bond possibly, but it, the guys are so very caricature that it to me it's it's more like Dick Tracy, just mm-hmm. ridiculous characters. Uh, that so the time period is all kind of mixed up, and yet they throw the Trump thing in there, and it completely threw me. 
Because I didn't think they would actually mention, like, actual events that were happening at this moment. What did they say about Trump? When he said, when the when the when he meets the um, evangelist guy, drunk guy on the street, mm-hmm. and the guy's trying to explain to him like how the world is ending, mm-hmm. oh. and he says that he's like the Cubs win, pigs are flying, Trump. Oh, <laughs> okay. I thought <laughs> you were just explain. coming up with that. No, he doesn't explain it. He actually says Trump, and that's it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't explain what about Trump. He just says Trump. So it's just, it's funny to me that it's like, you know, we don't really know what this weird time period is. It's comic book time. So it's this mashup of like the late 50s through modern day times, I guess, in a way. And uh, so that, I guess they can just play off of whatever, whatever stereotypes they want to. Yeah. In those ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's funny to me. <laughs> I guess that's my point is like, it's just, you just, you really just don't know what it is. I guess it's modern. I guess it's not. I don't know. Well, and, and the way Cassidy and Tulip dress kind of go with that, too. Right. Because they're very 1950s, mm-hmm. the way they dress. Good point. But you see a lot of that coming back, too. That sort of dress. But still, the pig bothered me. Is the floating pig bothered you? Okay. Floating pig bothered me. And, and then, we're in Vietnam. And yes. you got the couple. And they're complaining. He's, he's complaining about her cooking. And then <laughs> which, all of a sudden, she starts screaming. Which made me laugh. Yeah. Because no matter where you go in the world, you got couples. It's the exact same argument. Complaining, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't complain about your cooking. It's because you cook. Yes, I do most of the cooking. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, so that's that's how we're first introduced to kind of what he's going to do. He's going to Vietnam to take care of this flying pig. Yes, and one of the first people we see is the guy running up to him with a. Atlanta Falcons. That was beautiful because, like, what a tie back to like our own issues in Atlanta. He's got the Atlanta Falcons championship 2017 NFL T-shirt or the Super Bowl T-shirt on. Yeah, which is per. So um, I think it was uh, Dave Blass uh, I saw on Twitter who's actually a set designer and probably uh, maybe I'm getting his title wrong. I don't know. He does a lot of the the design work for the Preacher Show. And uh, he said that was his contribution, was that T-shirt. <laughs> so he must have bought it off a street vendor because they were still selling them after the Super Bowl mm-hmm. on the streets here. I know they were selling them over on, um, on Jimmy Carter and yeah. Holcomb Bridge trying to get rid of everything that they purchased <laughs> <laughs> before the great fail. Uh, sad day in Atlanta. But that was hilarious. That was very funny. And that made me chuckle. <laughs> Obviously, some expatriates showed up there too. There were some hiker guys that were. Oh yeah, I saw them too. I was like, something here does not belong. Yeah, that was very funny. (laughs) I don't know if Steve was there. I thought you were talking about like the Patriots football at first. No, no, no. There was just there was like some yes, there were some uh, Americans that were just standing there staring at the with their backpacks on, Mm -hmm. staring at the pig flying as well. Yeah, and Air Star is just sitting there going, "Oh crap." Because he's got a situation to deal with. But he let it go for a while. Like, he he didn't do anything in, about it until they started bowing down to the pig. And then at that point, he's like, all right, ixnay with the pig A. Well, I think he knew that he was sent there for to deal with the situation. And he was he went in and got, was getting his shoe shined and stuff and was calling people up like, okay, we got to send in these guys to clean the situation up. So he was there to assess and take care of the situation. But he didn't actually um, know what to do until he looked at the water. And he saw how crappy the water was that he was drinking when the kid was shining his shoes. And then he came up with the idea, okay, the water's contaminated. Did he actually contaminate the water, though, and kill that, them? That I don't, they don't show you. Something happened. Hmm. The water looked pretty gross, though. It did. It looked like there was stuff swimming in it. it looked, yeah, it looked like there was, like, little shrimp scales and Ugh. stuff in it and like whatnot. Like somebody had hawked a loogie or something in it. You didn't have to say that. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was that bad. <laughs> it was gross. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was one of my questions is whether he actually poisoned them or did he just... Oh, he poisoned them, for use, sure. like, the power of God to kill them. No, he doesn't have that power. He killed them. He okay. killed them with something. Okay. Yeah, we don't. I'm, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we're shown what he killed them with. But were the expats in that group too? I didn't notice. I didn't notice, but the kid with the shirt was like one he of the. He was front and center. Yeah, he was right, right up front. Yeah, at the end there. 
Interesting. And then he got sent to New Orleans. Yes, yes. Right at the end of the show, he's sent to, back to New Orleans to deal with Jesse, his new pursuit. So do you think there's any correlation between the grail and the cowboy? No. No, I don't think. I think he's sent back there because um, there is that lounge singer woman who um, was uh, talking about God. Well, the one that yeah, the one that oh. that Jesse hunted down, right? Because right, right. she had an idea of where God might be, or that was like mm-hmm. his only lead. And then she said, "Okay, we got to send this up to the higher power, up to the next level." Mm-hmm. I think he was the next level. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, because all the people were wearing, they were all wearing their white suits with the red ties and masks and whatnot. And so uh, once she tested him and found out that his power was something to be taken care of, then they're they're like, yeah, we got to send this up because he's he's actually controlling people. Well, I was just wondering about the cowboy because he's kind of like a murder for hire for the angels. Well. If there was some sort of relationship between the two Groups. I, I think this group. See, that's where I, that's where I'm a little like. You're you're saying that you think that these people are actually taking care of God. I think these people think they're actually taking care of God. Mm. I don't think they have any real connection to God. They're just a spiritual group that thinks that they, whatever they're doing, has some influence on helping God. Okay. And because they're doing that, they're going to get some reward out of it. I don't think they actually know God. Huh. I don't think they have any connection with God other than any other religious group. And I think that they're kind of setting themselves up just like the Scientology folks, like I was saying, mm-hmm. uh, because they're in beliefs. That's it. Okay, that makes sense. Because we haven't actually seen them do anything that's like of a higher power. No, no, no. There's another, nothing... Um, so far, they're just Extraordinary they can actually do. Yeah. Right. Other than Airstar sitting in the chair with his nuts on a car battery, which is pretty damn impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do that? You mean you can't do that? Fuck. Are you fucking kidding me? Hell no. I wouldn't even do that with a watch battery. <laughs> no, that was bad. It must and have I, really like, bothered you because you're still talking about it. Uh, well, no, I've, 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 I saw people like mention it on Twitter and stuff. And they're like, oh, well, he's sitting on an electric chair. I was like, do people not understand what's actually going on? They're sitting on <laughs> like orthopedic toilet stools that have no bottom to them, right? Uh huh. And there are cables going up into the testicle region. <laughs> like that is. And they're not wearing pants. And they're not wearing clothing at all. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's that's yeah, and he's just sitting back like relaxing, and the other guys are screaming bloody murder. <laughs> Actually, the one guy he he gets pitted against was sort of taking it, and then the other guy was completely screaming his ass off. Well, and then he passed out. Yeah, and then he passed out. Right. Uh huh. You would have passed out in the first second. I wouldn't have been there <laughs> at all. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten past the throwing the medicine ball around. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you know? The hell? <laughs> I didn't mean that way. <laughs> no, but yeah, uh, that that whole uh, boot camp thing was hilarious because uh, the the scene where he, he they go into the wrestling thing, and again, I thought it was funny the line that they use there is it's not not that hand to hand combat might be needed; it's violence might be needed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all about like. Okay, yeah, we're Christian, but sometimes we got to go on the other side of the ball. Right. And so, so he goes into the wrestling thing, and the the first guy, well, the one guy rips his suit off, and the first guy gets taken down, I guess. And then, like, air started. They're like, okay, it's your turn. And he starts masturbating, or at least act, acting like he's <laughs> masturbating while the guy's got him in the chokehold. And he's like, what are you doing? Completely throws him off. And the leader guy is like proud. He's like, "Good job." Sometimes you got to distract your opponent. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was that was a good scene. Mm-hmm. And then he takes the guy off. And not not only that, when the guy comes, when the the leader comes out to explain how great it was that he was detracting, Air Star is in behind him, walking there with the golf club to beat the guy again. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I thought I thought that was great. The whole setup of the boot camp was was awesome, and how you slowly see the field get trimmed down and trimmed down, 
and the nut electrocution thing, which that's third time I've mentioned it. Yep. Okay. And then they go for the uh, shooting gallery thing, which is just the two guys. Yeah. Right. Which was perfect. I saw it coming, but mm-hmm. that was just a perfect way to end it. Yeah, you definitely saw it coming. And even when he threw the guy off the balcony, that was like, I knew that was going to happen. I'm going to play Scott this time. I knew that was going to happen. Oh, knew it all. Knew, knew it, it all knew was going to happen. Time. Yeah. I wrote it. wrote the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Scott. <laughs> so, you know, back to our other folks. Um, they're going to the last jazz club in New Orleans. And they finally go back to the Hurt Locker. Right, which they had mentioned in... Who mentioned it? You remember? Mm. When they're Cassidy. All, Cassidy mentioned it. When yeah. they're all sitting around eating the pancakes. That's and Cassidy right. is, And they're looking for something to do. What do we do next? And Jesse's like, oh, well, I want to go out and look at a church. And then that's when Cassidy brought up, well, there's this place that you can shoot people or you get shot for money. And it was like a completely ridiculous comment, but they end up here this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Cassidy's been around. He, he likes to party. Yeah. You don't know who he's talking to to find out this stuff, but he's, he's finding it out. I guess maybe at the various bars. My biggest thing that I took away from those scenes in that bar was Cassidy's kiss with Tulip. Mm-hmm. Because you could see, like... Tulip was kind of into it, but he was, like, really getting into it. And he, like, moves his hand onto her hip, and he, like, leans in, and he's, he's like, getting into it. Mm-hmm. And it made me sad for him. First of all, he's doing this in front of Jesse. Like, tone it down. But secondly, I'm so sad for him because he's never going to realize that love for her. Like, that's never going to happen. Right. She's never going to reciprocate. And Jesse, when he finds out, is going to be pissed even when he confronts tulip about it and she's like what it was like nothing and he's like yeah right like he could see something was going on but i think it obviously it's all on his side on cassidy's side so was there any indication that they were planning on on pulling this thing no. off okay so they just they went in there because it was like from the start like right when they walked in it was like right into scam mode mm-hmm. like they had they had it all worked out mm-hmm Cassidy, I mean, he 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 had he knew what was going on, right? They all knew what was going on. Okay. No, I feel like they were out looking for a diversion themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, and this was just just scamming all these people. Yeah, this was, was fun the for them. Yeah, okay. this was fun because they've been so caught up in like getting away from the cowboy and finding God. Like, there's so much stuff that's happened in the past few episodes. They're tired. They needed to have a little fun and kick back a little bit, and this is their way of kicking back. Okay. Not not me. I would never do that. And it was ladies' night, so... She got to pick the gun. She got to pick the gun, and she picks the biggest gun. Mm-hmm. And Cassidy seemed very nervous. I would, too. <laughs> Even though he can heal himself. Yeah. But the bigger the gun, the bigger the hole, the longer it's going to take for him to heal himself, and the more blood needed. So that was the part where I was questioning a little bit, because if... She is picking the largest gun. He's wearing a bulletproof vest, and she shoots him. How did he get hit? It just went straight through the bulletproof vest? Some bulletproof vests don't prevent high-caliber okay. bullets. Okay. So I don't I don't know anything about guns, but that was a pretty big gun. Mm-hmm. I would think for that one... Oh, what? well, there's armor-piercing. I sound like a total idiot right now, but there's armor-piercing. Well, I understand that, yeah. There's, bullets, yeah, there's too, right? Point bullets and armor... Yeah, Maybe right. that's what it was. I'm sure some of our gun aficionados will tell us all about this. We should ask Evan. I bet Evan knows about guns. Oh, yeah, Evan. Chime in, buddy. Yeah. So, um, anyways, so they... He acts surprised, but obviously he's not surprised by it. I was surprised that he went down, um, but then... Everybody in that room is surprised. I think that's where I was like, well, shouldn't they know? They should know. <laughs> if they're using that gun and yeah. it's a real person, somebody's going to die for real. Mm-hmm. They're lucky that it was Cassidy. Although they weren't truly that surprised until uh, Jesse is like saying, witnesses, we're going to need good witnesses. And then that's when they all got the fuck out of there because they all kind of standing around when he got hit. Well, the they thing like getting the hell out of there. The thing about it is they came back too. 
after the whole scam thing happened and Tulip comes back by herself, mm-hmm. they're like all the back. Night, they're all back doing the exact same thing. So the fact that or the idea that they killed somebody did not deter them from trying it again. And it was the exact same people. Yes. So uh, maybe they just don't care. They're just doing it for sport. Well, just because someone dies there, they're not going to lose their whole bar. It is the Hurt Locker. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to waste Whatever. a whole place like that. Well, you kind of should lay low for a couple of nights, don't you think? Well, no one was there. They're fine. <sighs> they don't see any cops, like, hanging out at the place. There's not, like, investigators, like, taking fingerprints and stuff over there. Why were there no investigators? Oh, they threw him out, didn't they? New Orleans? Possibly. They threw him out on the, um, on the... No one threw anybody out. Well, he got picked up by the sanitation guys. (laughs) That's because Cassidy drank, like, that entire gallon of whatever the hell it was. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm mistaken. I thought the guys had thrown him out on the street so that it wouldn't be pinned back to them. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell he was drinking. It was some sort of, like, dark rum or something. It was, But it was, like, an entire gallon. He just started chugging it after he had that conversation with Dennis. Oh, Dennis. Yes, Dennis. Dennis, who is trying to... Who, the drunk guy who is passed out on the bar, wakes up all of a sudden and is, like... Because we think, oh, the, the entire time the stuff was going on with uh, Jesse and Tulip, we're like, oh, look, they're talking in the background. They can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. But then we get over there and close-ups, and it's Cassidy just acting like he knows what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And Dennis is just talking in French to him. He has no fucking clue what he's saying. Yeah. So that French professor from Tulane wakes up and starts translating for him. Mm-hmm. But we called that last week, was it? What? That uh, Dennis was going to ask Cassidy oh, to yeah. change him. And the, and we figured that Dennis probably knew what Cassidy was. Yes. Because he has not changed in all these years, whereas Dennis has gotten older. Right. So it kind of makes sense. So I'm that's why I'm wondering if Dennis knows how Cassidy changed. Like, was Dennis there when all that happened? Possibly. Because he, he knows that he can somehow do it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And that's when Cassidy's like, no, 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 no. Like, it's not happening. So, so yeah, he, he says he's not going to do it. He's not going to change him. He said it's out of the question. I don't blame him. And then that's when Dennis said to him, I'm going to... Die th- hating you. Yeah, I'm going to die hating you. Mm-hmm. And Cassidy says, most people do. It's so sad. And then he starts chugging all that liquor mm-hmm. right after that. And then ends up passing out on the sidewalk. And then gets kicked up, picked up by the... Picked up by the street cleaning guys. But I don't blame Cassidy for not wanting to change him because Cassidy is learning being immortal is not all that it's cracked up to be. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's kind of that argument you always hear from, like, the vampire character. Yeah. That you just can't die. But and all your loved ones are dying in front of you. You watch everything around you. can't get close to people because you watch everybody around you die. Right. It's eternal sadness. Yeah. But then at the same time, yes, he he doesn't want to put that, he doesn't want to put that burden on Dennis by helping him be immortal. But at the end of the episode, when he wakes up in the morgue and he goes to and sees those people in the, um, one of the treatment rooms or whatever and they're they're weeping over their person their family member that member that died he all of a sudden has like this look up, uh, come over him that like you know has some appreciation for okay i'm gonna see my own son die mm-hmm. so and he probably saw his wife die already yeah so all of those memories are coming back to him i think i'm thinking girlfriend but maybe whatever love <laughs> interest love interest <laughs> he doesn't seem like a very commitment based guy <laughs> Not as a it, vampire. He he may he may have known he had a son at some point. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not thinking I'm not thinking he was married at any point, but <laughs> I might be wrong. He said he was rich at some point, so yeah. maybe he was rich and had a family. Maybe. Who somehow he never was able to converse with. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing this was one night stand kind of material, is all I'm saying. Well, so now that he has 
he has seen this family weeping over their own loved one. Do you think now that's going to change his mind and he's going to help Dennis? Oh, for sure. He's going to do something. He's at least going to talk to him more about it. <laughs> hopefully he finds that that's professor. That's exciting from, to you? <laughs> he's going to hopefully find the professor from Tulane. <laughs> to translate? Yeah. No, I, I, well, no, I mean, he's going to he's gonna ponder it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a done deal. It's not that he told Dennis he's not going to do it, and Dennis leaves the bar, and then that's it. Something's going to happen. Okay. What? What do you want to tell you exactly no, what's going to happen? No, uh, okay. you have no idea what's going to happen. It's in the future. Right. Yeah. All right, we have more to come. We'll be back in a minute. So Tulip has this nightmare mm-hmm. of the cowboy grabbing her neck. Yeah, she has a couple nightmares. Yeah, in succession. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty... Pretty vivid. In the first one, you think, oh, that's a nightmare, and she wakes up, and she goes to make herself tea to try and calm herself down from everything that's going on. But it's a nightmare within a nightmare. Yeah, that was actually one of the creepiest scenes in the whole series. Yeah, in the whole series. Yeah. The back and forth between the 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 teapot and the window and then the teapot. Well, when... At one point when she's going from the teapot back into the living room to close the window, you see something in that closet, or at least I thought I did. Yeah, I thought I saw a face in the closet, Exactly. Too. Because one of, the, one of the boards was cracked out of That's the That's what tells door. you is a creepy scene, because you're looking for shit that probably isn't even there. <laughs> you're like, what's that on the roof? There's something crawling on the roof. Well, those are the best type of horror things, like the unknown... What you don't see is scarier than what you do see. Yeah. And that's what Scott is always talking about with, like, the zipper on the monster's back with the... Oh, you had to say that comment, didn't you? <laughs> it fits it into every damn podcast. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> God damn it. Yes. What's not seen is more scary than what you're seeing. Always. Right. Unless it's it and Pennywise scares the shit out of you. Yeah, or it's, um, yeah. Because we all float down here. Yeah, it's like Hellraiser, and there's like the Chatterer guys that yeah. are in there. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> those guys are fucking creepy. Those are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, normally, you know, it would be like, uh, compared to like uh, Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. You're always seeing the person's face. You're never seeing like what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly like, you're like putting your face like right up against the screen, just thinking that you're going to see more. Even though that doesn't magnify what you're actually seeing. Right, right. You're like, when the fences you see the same damn thing. But, yeah, you're looking all over the damn screen for, like, what is going on? I know. I kept expecting him to, like, pull her out the window well, when or you, when you see come him, out of the closet. When she turns, or she doesn't turn around, when she's facing the teapot, the stove, and he's standing right behind her, you're like, oh. see, he's fucking back. I know. I shuddered. I shuddered. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was real. Yeah, totally. And then when he picks her up by her throat and it's like blackness all around him, it's like you're in open space mm-hmm. and it's just him to focus on. Whew. And his eyes, his beady little eyes. I wonder how tall he is. In real life? Yeah. Because they make him look huge. Like a mountain. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But I wonder how much of that is just camera. Like Game camera. of Thrones guy. Yeah. That was um, a really good scene. Tulip played it well. So she's obviously scared shitless that he is still around. Because then she does bring that up with Jesse after that all happens. About, don't you get that feeling? Mm-hmm. That something's not right. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, you know, I would assume that she is getting that feeling because something is not right. That's why I'm thinking that, like, since he touched her, she is feeling what he feels. So she like, has some, some sort, sort of connection. Connection. Yes. connection. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was saying last week. Mm. Like, when he touches somebody, because normally the people he touch end up dying. Yeah. But she survived. Right. Um, hmm. And he passes something on to her. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then she goes back to the Hurt Locker so that she can... It, what I'm thinking is, one, so she can feel pain, which makes her know that she's in the real world. She's not dreaming, right? Right, yeah. And then, two, just so she can be, I don't want to say that she's in, I mean, she doesn't think she's in danger. Like, she's, it's almost fun to her, you know? Like, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's to wake her up that right. she doesn't have to be scared of that stuff, you know? Because, right, that she can. Because she, she's normally not scared of shit. Yeah. And yet he, she is scared of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like when they were listening to those recordings, they were saying that, I forget exactly what they said, but they were like, I think they said something like, even 
God is scared of him. Oh, or, you know, like, at the library. Yeah, when they're listening to the, the, the history of who the Saint of Killers was, it was like even the most powerful people, even the devil, I think it was even the devil is scared of him. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's something to him that no matter how much power the person has, they're scared of him. So she she's going to the Hurt Locker to get shot almost to wake her up, like you're saying, to what reality actually is, mm-hmm. but maybe also to understanding, like, I don't care if I'm shot. Because she's picturing him when the guy's shooting her, too. Yeah. So it's it's almost to face her fear. Right, and so that she knows that she's not necessarily going to die from him. Right. But part of it is like, okay, well, I can get shot and not necessarily die. He's not actually there. Or he's not as evil as I think he is. He's still as evil <laughs> as anybody thinks he is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's human. He's very humanized in um, his pursuit because what his his true pursuit is his family. That that makes him seem more uh, emotional, emotionally connected to people. You know, like, I mean, you can understand that you do anything for your family, but mm-hmm. he's going around killing everybody for his family. So what's more dangerous, a man without a soul who still has a bit of humanity left in him because he loves... Or a sadomasochist. Or a sadomasochist (laughs) who could care less about any living creature but has a soul. I don't know, and that's kind of what I was wondering. Do they bring them together at some point? I bet they do. To fight it out? Wouldn't that be fun? It's like uh, Predator versus Jason or something. Yeah. (laughs) Alien versus Predator, I think. Jason was in there, too, somewhere. No, I think Jason was versus Freddy. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Jason was versus Freddy. Okay. <laughs> but if they put all four of them together, that yeah. would be fucking badass. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, because Alien and Predator are both aliens. You're right. You're right. But. Nonetheless, we digress. <laughs> um, but here, okay, so he gets rid of the cowboy, and what does he get in the next episode? He gets a, he gets n- Star. a new pursuer. Exactly. Yeah. And... Yeah, we'll see who's worse. But I kind of think that um, at the moment, I'm thinking Airstar is going to be. There's no way. The worst. Airstar cannot be worse than the cowboy. I don't care if you can get electrocuted or whatever. Well, at least Airstar can be killed. Yes, exactly. We don't know what can happen to the cowboy now. He has a soul, mm-hmm. so he can be controlled by Jesse. Mm-hmm. Airstar can be controlled by Jesse. Oh, good point. The cowboy has a gun that can go through buildings. <laughs> Enough said. Um, Airstar, yeah, either of them will kill people at a drop of a hat. That doesn't make them that scary. Airstar is just scary, more scary because we don't know anything about him at this point. But the people that the cowboy kills, he kills for a reason to get to his one target. He's not just killing random people. Mm, okay, maybe. Well, yeah. They're if, innocent people, yes, but they're, they're not innocent. random people. Right. Yeah. They're if they're all, in his way, he's it's all on that him. trail, right? But like, he, yeah, he's yeah, he's pretty brutal though. But he just yeah, if they're in his way or they happen to like look at him, wrong on his way. <laughs> well, like when he ripped the tongue out of that guy. Like, what well, really did you have to rip his tongue out? That was yeah, that was pretty cursed. That was pretty bad. So when Jesse sees the TV interview at the end, mm-hmm. and they're talking about the pig and describing what happened to the villagers, did Jesse look scared to you? He looked like he was watching any other news report. Yeah, like it doesn't, it hasn't clicked. No, but it was funny because did you listen? Did you notice anything weird about the voice? No. What, during the interview, was it God? No, it was like a computerized voice that was answering the questions. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah like, like a robot voice. Yeah, like how did uh, how did the pig float? It was like it was hydro atoms in the. I'm not. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> That was terrible. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was it was a computerized voice mm-hmm. uh, that was answering all the questions. It was just very weird, but it was it was like um, maybe it was a call in. We don't know. We didn't even see the TV, so we were just watching Jesse's reaction, which was nothing, no reaction whatsoever. Blank face. Yeah. So I'm actually excited for next week to see because I'm sure that Jesse's path is going to cross with Airstar next week. I'm excited to see what happens. I am too. Oh, the meat balloon. That's what they were calling it. The it was like meat balloon. Yeah, during that 
discussion, the the robot voice kept saying, it was like a meat balloon. And the guy was like, a meat balloon? He's like, yes, a meat balloon. <laughs> and again, Jesse had no reaction to that at all. Like a meat pinata? Yes, because they were filling up with air, and that's why the pig was floating. Like, even the interviewer's like, really? A meat balloon? <laughs> so that was weird. I did like the interactions between um, Jesse and um, the prophet guy. Oh, I forgot about the homeless man. Yeah, the homeless guy. The soothsayer, whatever you call him. Right. Uh, standing on the corner with his signs to say, you know, give me a, or can you at least give me a tip for a beer? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, his he was very, when he actually sat down with him to have like that after, afternoon beer, he was very logical. And, you, you know, I mean, you think like, the, you know, he's, he's just this crazy guy that's out there just spouting stuff for attention or to get money or whatnot. But uh, his, his logic behind how the whole world was ending was great. And then he has that conversation about, because Jesse doesn't want to tell him that he gave away part of his soul. But he notices this guy has some insight because he starts talking about the Japanese guys that are buying souls. And so he says, so, yeah, I had a, uh, well, what did he say? He had someone in his congregation that had sold part of his soul, I right. believe. And, and so he, he was wondering, he, he didn't know if that was bad or not. Yes, it's always bad to give away part of your soul. Yeah, and that's when the guy said, well, yeah, I mean, that's a sure sign the world is ending mm-hmm. when men are selling their souls. Exactly. He was very good. Anyways, I thought the acting of that guy was um, one of probably the some of the better scenes, or at least that scene itself was one of the better scenes. So, But are you ready to take a break real quick? I am. So we will be right back. Hello, baby. Yes, it's really me. Okay, and we're back with our hits and misses. Do you have a hit? Oh, um, me? <laughs> Hello, Earth to Stewart. <laughs> no, I think my original my original hit was just Airstar and his backstory, but um, specific hit was when they line up all the guys for the boot camp, <laughs> and Airstar says, do you validate parking? <laughs> <laughs> and that whole discussion of the validating part, it was like, it's so perfect. And the guy, the way it ended, and like the other guy starts laughing, uh-huh. and he looks at him like, what the hell are you laughing about? It yeah. reminded me of a college class mm-hmm. when a student asks a stupid question that has nothing to do with anything that the professor is Oh, he discussing. was totally serious about it. Though. I know he it was. It was perfect. I know. And then when it's all over and the guy was like, from now on, we will validate his parking, but from now on, Airstar, we will be testing you. Because he was. He was testing them. He was fucking with them. Right. And I, I just thought it was great. I thought it summed up, like, his character completely. Yeah. Like, he was not there for them. He was there for himself. Of course. And he wasn't losing any shit out of this deal. Not even parking money. <laughs> <laughs> so I liked I, I thought that scene was great. That's awesome. Well, my hit for this episode was Dennis asking Cassidy for eternal life. First of all, I thought it was a beautiful scene, no matter that they were in a bar drinking Mm. and that um, they didn't understand a word that either one of them was saying. But I thought that it was so beautiful that Dennis knows that this man that's sitting in front of him that never ages is his father and reveals this this thing that we have kind of felt was going to be revealed over the span of this series of this season. And for Dennis to be asking his dad for that, like it makes me want to tear up. It's so sad. <laughs> Dennis is asking his dad for this one last thing that only his dad can give him. It's so sad. And yet he can't understand him. And he he's can't asking. understand him. He's like struggling so hard. But he's not even. I mean, he's just like honest. He's just having like an honest conversation with him. And like Cassie's just sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh, sure. I know. Like, but but he, and Dennis knows he doesn't understand him. 
I know, but we but find out from talking. the professor that he is saying the same things over and over yeah. and over again until hoping that Cassidy is going to finally understand him at some point, and he never does, and it takes this man to translate it. But it's like this, like, I'm dying, and I want this one last gift from you, and it's just so heartbreaking. It was like the only, the only thing you could possibly give me. Yes. And Cassidy... Cassidy seems like he's a really good dad. Like, he... No, he does not. Yeah, he does. When it comes to emotions... He se- he seems like he's a good person. He was definitely never a good dad. Well, okay, he might not have been around for him, but we don't know what it was like when Dennis was little. We right. don't know when Cassidy turned. But... I think what we're seeing here... I don't mean to interrupt you on that, but I think what we're seeing here is that he's finally appreciating something... That he never did appreciate. He always exactly. knew that he was his son, but he's only appreciating it now because he realizes that he's getting ready to lose him. Right, and that's my point. He actually, Cassidy, actually reminds me of my grandfather, mm-hmm. who was never there for his kids when he was younger, when they were younger. But now that he has grandkids, he's finally seeing like what he missed out on, and I'm going to cry again. And I know I'm sappy. Sorry. He finally sees what he missed out on, and he's trying to make up for that. But there's this one thing that he cannot do for Dennis because he knows the implications of it. Like, yeah. he knows that it's it's not all fun and games when you are immortal. And the things that Cassidy has to do to survive, i.e. killing other living beings in order to drink their blood, is not all pretty. And it's not something he would wish on anybody that he loves. Although I have to say, for all of the uh, stories and movies and everything about vampires, Cassidy has it the easiest out of any vampire I've ever known. This is true. He walks around the daylight and he just has to have an umbrella. Mm -hmm. Cover his skin. Mm -hmm. Needs his, you know, sunscreen. Doesn't need a coffin. Doesn't need a coffin. He only <laughs> needs blood to heal himself. So if he's not actually hurt, he doesn't need blood. Right. So he's got it pretty good. It's and not that bad. He's never tempted by uh, by Jesse or by Tulip either. Or even Dennis, for that matter. He's, he seems like he's pretty set. Mm. I mean, again, he sees people dying around him and stuff, but he's pretty happy-go-lucky. He is. He bounces from place to place. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. It might be bad if you have a old Frenchman following you around all the time. Who <laughs> you feel? I mean, yeah, honestly, I mean, I might not do it just because he is kind of an annoying French guy. But he's that's a kind kid. Of, that's kind of yeah. But he's constantly bitching at him and stuff. So I mean. But yeah, I mean that brings up a good point too. If he does. Turn him. Like in other vampire shows, if you turn somebody, they're kind of like your child now, which would go double duty with this one. But um, you're responsible for them. You're responsible for training them in the ways of vampires and, you know, how to kill and all that stuff. Yeah, it doesn't seem like any of that stuff holds up here. Exactly. That's what I'm wondering. Like, does that happen in this world? No, I don't think so. Or no? No. Although he he might be okay with that since he is his own child. But Dennis seems like he would be the rebellious type of child. A, re- a rebellious vampire. Yeah. So, all right, what's your miss? You know, honestly, I didn't have a miss. Seriously? I didn't really have anything. I had, I mean, I, I have, I still have a lot of other things I could talk about that I liked. Yeah. The one, we didn't talk about um, the street cleaner guys. The one mm. car that is drunk and the one that is dead. And they're going around with the electrical prods. Very Monty Python-ish. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that was, I thought that was great. I I don't, I didn't really have much bad in this one. I really, I liked everything. All right. My bad was the pig. I can't get over the pig. I I don't understand what your problem is with this pig. I don't know. I just feel like I need an explanation for how this fucking pig is flying. It's, It's all because of the scientific side of it? I guess. Jesus Christ, let it go. It's <laughs> When people say that's never going to happen until pigs fly. I, you know why they say that? Cuz it's, it's never, never going to happen. happen. Right. I understand this, but I'm like is there some sort of methane gas somewhere that the pig has ingested? <laughs> I don't know. All right, never mind. Maybe there's invisible wires and they have like little 
drones that are holding them up in the air. I don't know. <laughs> that's why that's why Airstar is going to kill it because people are paying attention to that as being some sort of golden calf thing, you know? Mhm. That it's that it's actually amazing when it's not. It's just some weird thing that happened. So he's got to get that off the radar of people so that they will pay attention to God. All right. Okay. I don't know. Let's move on to listener comments, shall we? What about the Cubs winning? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mark LaVarnway said, The funniest part was the kid who approached Airstar in Vietnam with a 2017 Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl Champs t-shirt. But so now we know Star's story and the people in white. But man, we need to get back on the hunt for God. Entertaining episode, but did not move the plot much. Cheers from Dallas. By the way, I really dig the podcast. Not much of a beer drinker, but a nice single malt while sitting on the back porch listening to you guys is fine living. <laughs> That's very nice. Thanks, Thank Mark. you, Mark. <laughs> and you know, honestly, Mark, if you had not made that comment, I don't think Kim and I would have noticed that T-shirt on, in the first watching. I the didn't, first watch, yeah, yes. In the first viewing. I didn't see it at all. So thank you for bringing that up. And thanks for listening and comments. Uh, Evan Brookman said... If the show fails in a few ways, one thing it does get very right is Cassidy. Figures, the one character I like is a smart-ass vampire. Actually, the kid Jesse sent to hell, while annoying, is a likable character. He's been an abused victim living in hell on Earth, and now unjustly sent to hell for some more hell. Question mark. Yeah, Eugene has lived the life of a kid who probably doesn't have many friends. Doesn't get noticed by very many people. Has his best friend pretty much coax him into killing her Mm -hmm. or maiming her. And then gets sent to hell by some crazy priest. Yeah. Poor kid. And I think we're going to see more about that in the the next episode, too. Mm -hmm. I think they go back. Uh, What is is the next episode called? You know? The next episode is Holes. Season 2, episode 8, Holes. Jesse investigates a clue about God. Tulip makes friends with a new neighbor and a glimpse into Cassidy's past relationship with Dennis. <gasps> I get to find out more about that. Oh, really? That's exciting. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. It, it's okay. It's okay? No. I mean, it's like, uh, I'm kind of like what Mark said. It's like, let's get on with the search. Well. A little bit. Next so. week, we're going to do more with God, so we're okay. good. Okay. Yeah. We'll see what that is. But... I thought they were going to be going, going back to Hitler and, and uh, our space. Yeah, that's what they what's showed going on. On, the, on the teaser for next that's week. That's right. They did. Okay, that's where I was getting it from. Okay. Yeah. I didn't just have some dream about it. No. Okay. Because I do that sometimes. I have these very visual dreams, and sometimes I'm like, did that actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stuart. <laughs> like, did I already take the trash out, or do I still need to do that? I better go check. You better go do it. Okay. All right, anything else about... This week's episode? Uh, no, actually, I, no, I, I don't have anything else. Okay. Scott will be back next week, we hope, if he hasn't run away again. Yeah, we know he hasn't died, so that's good. He's I'd... still texting stuff, so that's that's okay. Except for the fact that he keeps texting me shit. I have a feeling constantly. he really enjoyed his last two weeks off, so. I think so, too. So. Well deserved. Yay for Scott. Just a reminder, Dark Tower comes out on Friday. So everybody needs to make sure they go and see it over the weekend. It looks pretty badass. It does. I'm going to hold out hope that it's good. Mm-hmm. It's a Stephen King movie, so I'm a little... You're not really I'm, big on the main character, though, right? Idris Elba? <laughs> I'm very big on Idris Elba, <laughs> and that's all I'll say about that. Matthew McConaughey? Not yeah, so much. Maybe. Not in his, like, super skinny days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, he looks like The Walking Dead on this. You're looking for a fat Matthew. I I need more skin on those bones. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) But I'm excited about the movie coming out. Okay. So. So that'll be Friday, which will actually, this will probably air uh, just after that comes out, hopefully. So you can can actually listen to us on your way to go see the movie. There you go. And then come back and give us your reviews about the movie. Yeah, I think so. Because I want to know what you guys all think. I'm very excited. And we'll see when we can actually break away to actually see the movie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) From our five minions. Yes. In the meantime, look for us on Blog Talk Radio. You can download our episodes from your favorite podcasting site, and you can find us on Twitter at Fear Me Pod, on Facebook at Facebook slash Fear Me Podcast, 
and on the web at fearmepodcast.com. And you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Good night. I must have hit every bar in that town. Must have made a damn fool of myself. Woke up more than once on the sidewalk that year. But it's not crazy to gamble away all those Louisiana hot sauce rainy nights. It's not crazy to get your shoes and just start walking until the sun comes up. Got miles to go, still miles to get there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.